Did you know that mRNA vaccines are approved for use in pigs in the United States? Not to mention 85% of the beef sold in your local grocery store is imported. In fact, over 5 billion pounds of meat was imported just last year. There's so much mystery surrounding our meat, which is why I'm so grateful for my Good Rancher subscription. I know that I don't have to worry about imported meat or unknown vaccines in the food that I feed my family. Good Ranchers is saying mRNO to mRNA by offering a free 10-pound Easter ham with any subscription. Unlike the pork from the grocery store, Good Ranchers ham is guaranteed 100% free from mRNA vaccines. This is a $119 value, absolutely free with code DAILYWIRE. Go to GoodRanchers.com and say mRNO to mRNA by subscribing today. You have a right to know exactly what's in your food, and Good Ranchers is dedicated to protecting that right and providing your family with the best meat in America, free from any unknown and potentially harmful additives. Go to GoodRanchers.com and subscribe to any of their boxes and use code DAILYWIRE at checkout. Every subscription will come with a free Heritage Ham, $25 off, and Good Ranchers lifetime quality commitment. That's GoodRanchers.com, code DAILYWIRE. It's Black History Month, and you know what that means. Nothing. It doesn't mean anything to anyone. Conservative black people don't care about it because they're excluded from any recognition by the liberals who established and run the whole thing. Leftist black people don't care because to them every month should be Black History Month. Conservative white people don't care because we don't have any racial consciousness. And liberal white people don't care because they don't respect or have any actual interest in black people other than to instrumentalize them for their own political purposes, which is how you end up with awkward scenes like the one that just transpired in Target's Black History Month display. So I want to get my kids this little magnet learning activity since Black History coming up from Target. I don't know who's in charge of Target, but these need to be pulled off the shelves like immediately. So I teach U.S. history. I study history, got my major in social studies, and I noticed some discrepancies like as soon as I open this. Like I said, these need to be pulled off the shelf. For starters, this is not Carter G. Woodson. This is W.B. Du Bois. Peep the stash. Peep the stash. They got the name wrong. This is not W.E.B. Du Bois. This is Booker T. Washington. Peep the little fancy bow tie. Peep the fancy little boy bow tie. And then this is not Booker T. Washington. This is Carter Woodson. You can see clearly, clearly the similarities. I get it, mistakes happen, but this needs to be corrected ASAP. Of course they misidentified Booker T. Washington, the most conservative and inspirational of the civil rights reformers. Of course, they're going to write him out in favor of the socialist W.E.B. Du Bois, but they don't recognize Du Bois either. The libs who put this thing together don't recognize any of them. To the libs, black people all look the same, because to the libs, Black people are all the same, and that's worth celebrating, apparently. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. Now that the Apple goggles thing is out, a bunch of people are walking around like dummies with the mask on. Actually, some are driving with the Apple mask on. We'll get to the brave new world in one second. First, though, I don't want to move off of black guys too quickly because a very prominent black guy by the name of Killer Mike just went on Bill Maher's show. Bill Maher begged him 
to endorse Joe Biden. Here is Killer Mike's answer. What are your feelings on the election coming up? I mean, Biden and Trump, are you as depressed about that as most people as a choice? My my feeling is pick your policy, not your person. Find out. this This is not the Dallas Cowboys versus your favorite team. This is this is the policies that will affect our generations for the next 20, 30, 40 years to come. So close your eyes. Listen to the policies that are being pushed. So that means, therefore, that means I'm, I'm for black people and happy Black History Month. But you're not you're not saying one candidate over the other. Hey man, my n- ain't gonna get me in no trouble tonight. <laughs> <laughs> But you can't get yourself to say vote for Biden over Trump. You you want me to list it now? So now, now I'm, we I'm gotta, just saying that can, that's, can he get himself to apologize for the crime bill? Can he get can he get himself oh, to get his head out of his oh. ass and say, black people, you, you are black regardless. I need you to tell me what I need to do. Can he pick a coalition of former people who are affected by drug laws, street gangs, recidivism and crime and say, I need you as a board to advise me how to fix federal prisons? If he can do that, absolutely I can. So my challenge is out. <laughs> All right, Killer Mike. There's my there's my fellow Killer Mike. When when Killer Mike and I are together, we're we are killers, Mike, kind of like attorneys general. But of course, Killer Mike and I disagree on substantively almost everything he just said right there. He and I don't like Biden. We agree on that. We're not endorsing Biden. We're not going to vote for Biden. But the reasons why not are totally the opposite. Killer Mike here brings up the Joe Biden crime bill. As far as I'm concerned, that's the one decent thing the man has done in his entire political career. It's good to put criminals in prison. President Trump passed the First Step Act, which was something of a jailbreak bill. And at the time, I was quite critical of that bill. But the people who supported that bill said, well, maybe it can pry off some Democrat voters and that will weaken them politically. And it's a small price to pay politically. I felt it still wasn't worth it. I didn't think the juice was worth the squeeze. But Maybe there's a chance that in an election of Trump versus Biden, when the Democrats haven't changed all the rules and it's not widespread mail-in voting based on COVID, and after three years of Biden completely destroying the economy and opening up our borders and dropping to the lowest approval rating of any president in modern history at this time in an election year, maybe there's a chance that Trump actually is able to pry off some of those traditionally Democrat voters, especially black guys. Uh, Snoop Dogg just came out. He was asked to criticize Trump. Snoop, diggity doo dog, apparently said that he has nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. And I think it's because Trump pardoned one of his friends. (laughs) I don't know the exact details of it, but uh, whatever the reason, this is a reminder of something about Donald Trump that I think unsettles a lot of uh, political nerds and ideologues. Namely, He assembles kind of a weird coalition. Namely, Donald Trump shakes things up. Namely, Donald Trump speaks about issues in some ways that traditional conservatives really like, like when he talks about uh, protecting American industry and when he talks about rebuilding the American family and when he talks about law and order. I think conservatives like that a lot. And he talks about, about issues in ways that conservatives don't like, like when he's trying to let criminals out of prison. But regardless of what you think about Trump, he assembles an unconventional political coalition. And politics is the art of inclusion. Politics is the art of the possible. To quote Otto von Bismarck, it is the art of the second best. 
Politics exists in real life. To quote cocaine Mitch McConnell, the winners go make laws and the losers go home. This is why it drives me crazy when some abstract writer in in the Beltway area attacks an ordinary conservative who's actually doing something in public life because that, that actual conservative in public life isn't following the five point manifesto that so-and-so wrote in National Review or whatever. Well, these conservatives, you know, these, these they're compromising on their principles, says the random beltway apparatchik who's writing in the, the uh, suburbs of Virginia without ever putting any, any skin in the game, without it having anything really on the line. In real life politics, you've got to assemble enough people to win elections, you've got to uh, advance a policy agenda that will be popular, that will be implemented, and that will get you reelected. And so I'm, it, none of this to, to defend certain bills and policy proposals from Trump or any other conservative that, that are uh, improper or inappropriate. But it is to say, all Republicans have to do is pry away like 4 to 5% of the black vote and the Democrats lose. And the Democrats lose pay basically every election. And is that going to happen? I've been burned one too many times on thinking that this is the moment that the Republicans finally win over a huge portion of the black vote. But I don't know, maybe, maybe. We've never had an election like this. We've never had an election where an American original, Donald Trump, is running for a non-consecutive second term against the historically least popular president, maybe in American history at a time when there is a political shift that's been rumbling for at least a decade now. I'm just saying maybe. I'm just saying maybe it could happen. You can read about these things for yourself, and when you want to go read things online, you ought to check out ExpressVPN. Right now, go to expressvpn.com slash Does it make sense that the same company that controls half of online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home? Big tech is more powerful than most countries, and they profit by exploiting your personal data. It's time to put a layer of protection between your online activity, and that is why I use ExpressVPN. Every site you visit, video you watch, or message you send gets tracked and data mined. When you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address, which is how big tech identifies you. ExpressVPN makes your activity harder to trace and sell to advertisers. ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers on your network. That is why ExpressVPN is rated number one by CNET, Wired, TechRadar, and countless others. What I like most about ExpressVPN is how easy it is to use. Download the app on your phone or computer, tap one button, and you are protected. Stop handing over your personal data to the big tech monopoly that mines your activity and sells your info. Protect yourself with the VPN that I trust to keep me safe online. That's expressvpn.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Knowles to get three extra months for free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Knowles right now to learn more. Speaking of questionable laws, this stupid border bill has been presented to the U.S. Senate. You know, I don't even want to call it a border bill. What's the, what, I guess in as much as the bill pertains to the southern border, it opens up the border more. So in that way, it's a border. It's not a border security bill. It's just a border. It's an open border bill. And we're, we're now getting even more details about this stupid bill that poor Senator Jim Lankford, the Republican from Oklahoma, is taking the fall for. But it was a bill that was negotiated, obviously, by Senate leadership, by Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer. And it's complete trash. It's so totally unacceptable 
that even I give a lot of grace to Cocaine Mitch. I think he's a pretty effective political leader, even if he's not a rock-ribbed conservative. But this is just pure garbage. Per Senator Tom Cotton, here's what this border security bill will do. It'll give the Secretary Alejandra Mayorkas the right for the first time ever to grant asylum claims, to grant American citizenship, ultimately, to illegal aliens at the border without review by immigration courts. So you give the guy who very well might be impeached for the, the f- terrible job he's done as the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, you're going to give that guy unilateral power to make new American citizens. That's not great. The bill would codify catch and release. So the, the Border Patrol arrests these guys, and then just as a matter of law, they would release them into the country, never to be heard from again. This would be under the so-called alternatives to detention for any alien that says that they intend to apply for asylum or another protection. So not hard to see how this is going to play out. The illegal aliens who give their life savings to the drug cartels, they're going to go up to them and they're going to say, okay, here's all my money. And the coyotes and the cartels are going to say, okay, here's what you say. Yo quiero asylum when you get to the border patrol agent. And then they're just, they're just going to let you out into the country. This is the border security bill. Uh, the, the bill would give immediate work permits to everyone who says that he wants asylum as long as he passes an initial screening by liberal bureaucrats. You think they're going to pass? I think they probably will. So, okay, instantly you get work permits. That'll be great for American labor, by the way, right? That'll be really good for the working class. So glad to see the Democrats fighting for the little guy again by depressing their wages to nothing. The bill would grant 50,000 extra green cards per year. This is a time when the United States has over 3 million foreigners coming in, immigrating into our country every year. More, more than that, I guess it's more like 4 million plus, four, four and a half million, because you've got 1 million legal immigrants, and then you've got another, what, 3 million illegal immigrants? And, and this is the time when the liberals say, okay, you know what we need? You know how we're going to solve this problem? We're going to have more legal immigration. No, the problem is we have too many people coming into the country, man. We got 320, 330 million people. Four million newcomers a year is just too much, especially when this has been going on for 60 years, especially when we intentionally don't assimilate anyone. It's just too much. No knock on the Guatemalans. I like them very much as a people, but we can't take the whole country. We can't take all of Venezuela. We can't take all of Ecuador. We can't take all of Nicaragua. We can't take all of Honduras. It's just too much, man. We got too many people coming in. We need to Cut it out. We need to greatly reduce the number of green carts we have in this country, especially because virtually all, I mean, the vast, vast majority of new immigrants are coming from the same parts of the world. How does that aid in the supposed diversity aims of the mass migration? It doesn't aid at all. It, you know what it aids? It aids at giving Democrats a permanent majority, which is what this whole bill is about. The bill would guarantee new government-funded lawyers for illegal aliens. That's good. I was afraid they wouldn't have top legal counsel. The bill would not limit Biden and Mayorkas' abuse of immigration parole. This would allow them, therefore, to continue using parole as a way to let people off the hook, issue work permits to any illegal alien who can claim an urgent humanitarian reason. And then, here we go. This is the, this is the cherry on top of this garbage Sunday. The bill, the border bill, would send billions of dollars of foreign aid all over the world in ways that would not help us. For instance, billions of dollars of non-military humanitarian, quote-unquote, aid to Gaza without any safeguards. So I'm all for sending humanitarian aid to whomever deserves it. 
But you really think you're going to send aid to Gaza? That's going to go straight to the poor Palestinians who are being oppressed? But not a chance. It's going to be taken by Hamas, which is the, the government of, of Gaza. And it's going to do what? Theoretically, we're backing Israel in the war between Gaza and Hamas. So then we're going to fund Israel some more. So you know what we're going to do? We're just going to fund everybody and blow everything up with no strategic end in sight. And we're going to squeeze that into the border bill for some reason. The border will, which doesn't close the border, it opens it. It is so... It shouldn't astound me anymore because my expectations of the Republican Party should be below the ground at this point. But this... If you sent me to Washington, D.C., and you said, Michael, write the worst possible bill on an urgent policy matter that you possibly can, I would struggle to come up with this bill. That's how bad it is. I don't know what Jim Lankford was thinking. Jim Lankford's always been a perfectly amiable Republican senator. The fact that Mitch McConnell got him to take the fall for this thing, absolutely pathetic. And they thought they were going to get this thing through. Two weeks ago, one week ago for that matter, they really thought they were going to ram this thing through. Complete trash. Now, thankfully, even if there's a little confusion in the Senate, and look, there are great senators. Tom Cotton's come out against this. Uh, uh, Mike Lee in Utah has been very forceful against this. Senator Cruz. I mean, all, all the good guys in the Senate have come out strongly against this thing. But in the House, the House GOP leadership has said this is dead on arrival. This is a joint statement from Speaker Johnson and Steve Scalise and the rest of House leadership, they say any consideration of this Senate bill in its current form is a waste of time. It is dead on arrival in the House. We encourage the U.S. Senate to reject it, which I bring up because, one, that's really, really good. If the House kills it, it's dead. Thankfully, the Republicans control the House, barely, but we control the House, unlike in the Senate. But two, does this mean Matt Gates is vindicated? You remember Matt Gates puts on a big show, pulls a big stunt, and throws out Kevin McCarthy, the leader of the House, the Speaker of the House. And he did that because he said, McCarthy has betrayed conservatives, and he's lied to us, and he's a squish, and we don't want him anymore. And when Matt Gates threw him out, all of the establishment types, including self-styled conservatives, freaked out. They whined. They complained. I didn't even have that much of a, a grudge against Kevin McCarthy. I thought he was a little bit squishy, but compared to the previous speakers in recent memory, he was the most conservative of any of them. I suppose I'm damning perhaps with faint praise, but I didn't, didn't hate the guy. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have uh, rallied to throw him out, but I also didn't think he was the most conservative guy either. And I thought, okay, Matt Gates has this opportunity. He's going to throw him out. We'll see what happens. And all the establishment types, they whined, they cried, oh no, we're losing the great speaker. This is going to throw the house into chaos. What did that chaos get us? That chaos got us a strong conservative speaker in Mike Johnson, and it killed this stupid bill. This bill, it's not as though this would just be, ah, we got to, you know, take our medicine, we conservatives. This bill would have radically expanded immigration and would have given Democrats a generational electoral advantage. Is Matt Gates vindicated here? I think Matt Gates might be a little bit vindicated, okay? Because while the GOP establishment whined and cried and moaned about tossing out McCarthy, whom I still think is fine. Maybe McCarthy would have killed the bill too. I don't know. But I know for a fact Johnson would kill the bill. Seems to be working out just fine. Now, speaking of illegal aliens, everyone, everyone other than Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell, apparently, in the country knows that this immigration situation is just horrible. 
including CNN. CNN just ran a segment on, on the chaos in New York City right now where illegal aliens are going around robbing people, mugging people, assaulting people, dragging people from the back of mopeds, just absolutely terrorizing the city. And even the libs on CNN are saying, this looks really bad. Within that group, this hardworking, you know, throngs of people in search of hope and a better life, there is this one percenter, you know, criminal element that looks at a different opportunity here. These individuals, I went over their rap sheets yesterday, mm-hmm. multiple charges, grand larceny, robbery, attempted robbery, grand larceny, grand larceny. Uh, this particular crew operated on mopeds and scooters. They were doing organized retail theft. They were doing snatches on the street, iPhones, iPads, clothing, so on and so forth. Um, one of them that they are still seeking has 10 charges on one day because he's part of a pattern that's been going on. And I'm looking at the dates that their arrest started, which is probably close to when they got here. They've only been here a couple of months. So what the detectives are telling me is they have crews here that operate in New York, do all their stealing, then go to Florida to spend the money and then come back. And I'm like, well, why don't they just stay and steal in Florida? And they said, because there you go to jail. Oh, not only calling attention to the problem, but but pointing out it's a political problem. It's not even just about where the migrants are going. Plenty of migrants go to Florida too. It says, no, in New York, you get off the hook when you commit a crime because New York is run by Democrats. Florida, you go to jail. It, it, the, the layers of honesty from CNN, I'm not sure that I've ever seen from them. You've seen this out of the New York City mayor too, though. Remember the New York City mayor came out and he said, that illegal immigration was going to destroy New York City. He then had an appointment scheduled to meet with the Biden White House about this. And just before that meeting, all of a sudden, investigators start poking around into corruption allegations against the New York City mayor. Kind of funny how that works, isn't it? Everybody knows this is a disaster. Joe Biden knows this is a disaster for him. But what are they going to do about it? What can they do? The best thing they can do, they're not going to stop the migration. They're not going to stop it because it is the Democrats' long-term strategy. It just might hurt them in the short term. So the, the only thing they can do is put together some awful bill to get to trick Republicans into signing onto it so that the Democrats can blame Republicans or share some of the blame with Republicans for the migration situation, which is entirely the Democrats' fault. And these doofuses in Washington, D.C. and the Republican Party want to take the bait. They're begging, please, conservatives, let's go along with this. We don't want the Democrats to bear all the blame for maybe the most important political issue to Americans and to people throughout the West for the last decade. The issue that prompted Brexit, that prompted the election of of leaders in Europe from Hungary to Italy, almost to Spain, to Sweden, to Germany. No, no. Hey, let's let's just give up our advantage. What a bunch of dummies. Good grief. I'm glad that the conservatives seem to be holding the line here. But don't, when CNN tells you what, what this is all about, you should believe them, okay? When CNN admits, oh man, this is looking bad, you should believe them. Now, what, what can we do for our country? Well, we certainly should pray for our country. That's why you got to check out Hallow. Right now, go to hallow.com slash Knowles. Lent, the 40 days leading up to Easter, starts on Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is the day after Mardi Gras. That is Fat Tuesday. And Ash Wednesday this year falls on St. Valentine's Day. This is a time of intense prayer, fasting, and giving. Hallow's annual Pray 40 Challenge is one of their most popular. 
Last year, over 1 million people joined. This year's Pray 40 Challenge focuses on surrender and includes meditations on the powerful book, He Leadeth Me, a story about a priest who became a prisoner and slave in the Soviet Union during the Cold War. His story is one of ultimate surrender, and we are called to offer up our own worries, anxieties, problems, and lives to God. There will also be Lenten music, Lent-specific Bible stories, and other Lenten prayers, such as Seven Last Words of Christ with Jim Caviezel. Hallow is truly transformative. It will help you connect with your faith on a deeper level. So what are you waiting for? Download the Hallow app today at hallow.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, for an exclusive three-month free trial of all 6,000-plus prayers and meditations. That is hallow.com slash Knowles. If you want to protect your kids from the leftist indoctrination in the establishment media, this is how. You start a 14-day free trial to Bent Key, the new kids' entertainment app from The Daily Wire. Bent Key is the only streaming app with high-quality, family-friendly shows that reflect your beliefs. Featuring amazing characters and timeless stories, Bent Key will spark your kids' imagination with hundreds of episodes that you can trust. And remember Saturday morning cartoons? Well, we brought them back. With new episodes streaming every Saturday morning. But don't take my word for it. See for yourself. Try Bent Key for free for 14 days. No catch, no gimmick, no hidden fees. Just fabulous content that your kids will love. Use code UNLOCK at bentkey.com. You will get 14 days of unlimited access to Bent Key's world of adventure. Go to bentkey.com. Use code UNLOCK at sign up to start your free trial today. Speaking of New York, a New York court has just ruled that a father cannot stop his eight-year-old child from being transed. This interview, care of, lives of TikTok. At about age two to three, he was going to a therapist by the name of uh, Andrea Binner. And Andrea Binner is in Buffalo, and she is self she's a self-proclaimed uh, transgender therapist that specializes in adolescence, and she does gender-affirming therapy. Now, Andrea Binner never kept any notes at all on any therapy sessions that she had with my child. It came out that she not only did she not follow the WPATH standards for transgender care, but my son never, and still hasn't, had any formal diagnosis of gender dysphoria using the DSM-5 criteria. Now, what Binner did afterwards was at about four years old, she referred my son to a endocrinologist at the University of Rochester Pediatric Division by the name of Dr. Tran. Dr. Tran had two phone calls totaling 45 minutes with the mother only. They never spoke to my child. They never met my child. Yet over those two 45-minute phone calls, they came to this conclusion that my son has gender dysphoria and they recommended the potential for puberty blockers around the age nine. A horrific story. Poor guy, your heart breaks for him. Your heart really breaks for the kid who never had a chance because his psycho mom wanted to trans him from the age, it seems, of three or four. And then psycho doctors, doctors, these quacks, uh, encouraged encouraged her to do that to him. Which is why we need to come to a conclusion on this issue. Liberalism, pluralistic society, the open society, all, all these platitudes that the left pushes and that the right believes in as well, often. The right, which is afraid of authoritarianism. Oh no, that we can't we can't be too harsh. We can't be too forceful. We got to watch out for big government or whatever. The right buys into this stuff too. Well, all of those platitudes lead to this. 
the liberal society, you know, a liberal, as Robert Frost said, is one who can't take his own side in an argument. The open society, the plural, well, who knows? Maybe, maybe transgenderism is real. You know, who's going to say? Who's going to say? Either we're going to say or they're going to say. I got in trouble for my CPAC speech. The anniversary was just coming up. Who knows what I'll talk about this year at CPAC. But I, I was not making a call to arms exactly. I was observing a simple fact. Either we will eradicate transgender ideology totally from society, from public level, from public life at every level, or we will embrace transgender ideology in public life and private life at every level. There's no middle ground. If we accept the premise of transgenderism, if we believe that a, a man, that any man can become a woman, then, then when parents get divorced and the sane dad goes somewhere and the insane mom takes the kid and the insane mom meets up with an insane physician, then that kid's going to get transed. There's a very good chance that's going to happen because we have accepted as a matter of public policy that a man can become a woman or a man can be born in the wrong body. And if you can be born in the wrong body, then a little kid can be trans too. And if a little kid can be trans, then it is so important as a matter of compassion and charity that we allow that kid to, to live his truth and to be freed from the shackles of his false body and whatever other new age weirdo occult nonsense these people talk about. But that's, that is the inevitable consequence of accepting at any level the transgender ideology. So if you're listening to this and you're a moderate on this issue, you're a centrist, you're a, um, a open, open-minded leftist, and there, there are a number of leftists who listen to this show, and you say, look, Michael, I just disagree. I think, I think a person can be born in the wrong body. Look, I think some, not everyone, I'm not saying I want to do it with the kids, but I think that if you want to change your gender, you ought to be able to change your gender. Okay, well, what all I'm telling you is that if that's your opinion and you support uh, establishing that opinion as a matter of policy, then you are transing that kid. You might not want to be, you might want to limit it somewhere, but there's no way to limit an ontological principle, a basic anthropological principle such as transgenderism. There's no way to limit it. So, okay, you want to do that? I guess that's your prerogative as a citizen in this country where you get to just establish whatever you want. But don't kid yourself. The moment you say, well, maybe Bruce Jenner's really Caitlin now, you are helping to trans that four-year-old kid. So if you can live with that, you can live with that. I certainly cannot. Now, speaking of our brave new world, have you seen the people wearing these dumb Apple things? Apple's come out with goggles, and they're goggles. You put them on your head, and I think there's audio associated with it, and it covers up half your face, and they cost $3,500 bucks plus 200 bucks for a battery pack. But here's the, here's the promise, is if you spend a lot of money and you put these dumb-looking goggles on your face, you get to live inside a cell phone. <laughs> you get. Do you ever think in your modern life, you think, you know, I just don't look at enough screens. <laughs> I I wish I could spend more time. I wish my phone were more immersive and I didn't have to look at, you know, uh, this beautiful earth and sky that God gave to us to live in real life in our flesh. I wish I could just ignore all that so I could be on my cell phone more. Well then, have I got the product for you? It's the Apple Vision Pro. Some guy 
just got pulled over for driving. It was a Tesla, so I guess it was a self-driving car, but he was driving with his Apple goggles on. And the video starts out all sort of nice. He's he's not touching the steering wheel. He's still, it, it looks like he's casting a magic spell of sorts because he's typing onto the air. So it, it, it actually kind of looks like he's Jordan Peterson, you know, like he's doing one of these things with his hands, you know, man. But he's not, but without any of the wisdom, you know, without any of the <laughs> insightful observations. And then it immediately cuts to <laughs> the guy gets pulled over by a police officer. C.S. Lewis observed in The Great Divorce that the people who are in hell want to be there. Hell is a place that you choose. Hell is where you go by your own desire because you do not turn your desire and behavior toward God. You turn it in the other direction and you get what you want. That's the, that's the amazing thing about freedom, whether we follow it in the proper way or we abuse it, is you tend to get what you want. If you told not just George Orwell, but Aldous Huxley in the, in the early to mid 20th century, if you said, hey, in the future, people are going to be so addicted to screens and to constant titillation and to just buzzes and alarms and a ton of porn, by the way, that at a certain point, they're going to block out their own vision. They're going to choose to put these goggles on and blur out the real world so that they can watch sports and porn all day, even while they're driving. Huxley would believe you. George Orwell would think that that would be imposed by a tyrannical totalitarian government. Huxley was smarter, though, because while George Orwell in 1984 believes that our, our loss of freedom is going to come through the heavy hand of the state, Aldous Huxley in Brave New World recognizes, no, it's going to be the carrot, not the stick. He recognizes, no, it's going to be the enticement. It's going to be the temptation to all sorts of low pleasures and, and to all sorts of vices, that's what's going to get us. It's going to be drugs and sex and promiscuity and just physical pleasure. And that's what's going to happen. I can think of no product that I would, I would less enjoy than the Apple Vision Pro. But a lot of people are going to buy this thing. It's, it's expensive, so it's, that is naturally going to limit who can buy it. But a lot of people are going to desire this thing, that's for sure. They're going to live in virtual reality, which they have convinced themselves is, is more beautiful and interesting than reality reality. But it's not. And this, by the way, this is in part why we have the transgender issues, because people just no longer value the physical world. They, they only value the virtual and digital world in, in which a man can really become a woman because their bodies don't matter. But I, I still prefer the physical world. And I would encourage you not to plug, not to voluntarily plug yourself into the matrix where you can watch football and pornography all day long. Speaking of our changing political order, sad news coming out of the UK. This is news about which most Americans will not care, but I do care, actually. His Majesty King Charles III has been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, King Charles, you know, just became king. His mother reigned for 70 years and then he ascended to the throne when she died, and he was he was just crowned, what, a year or two ago? And uh, he went in for a, a routine kind of prostate uh, procedure, which men of a certain age 
virtually all undergo. And uh, while they were in there, they found that he had some kind of cancer, non-prostate cancer, some other kind of cancer. The Buckingham Palace has not been totally clear about what cancer that is. And I just think we ought to pray for King Charles. I know we broke away from those limeys back in 1776. I know some Catholics don't really like the the Windsors because they're Protestant. Or Okay, sure. But some conservatives don't like King Charles because they say he's a world economic forum environmentalist stooge or what? Is he divorced his wife? I know. I know. I, I know all the litany of charges against King Charles. Nevertheless, that man is, I think by his inclination, but certainly by his office, one of the most traditionalist and conservative people left on the face of the earth. Even King Charles's environmentalism is very, very conservative because he's not an environmentalist in the way that your lesbian cousin is an environmentalist, you know, your lesbian vegan cousin with silly colored hair who shows up to Thanksgiving and yells at you for eating turkey. That's not the kind of environmentalist King Charles is. King Charles is the kind of environmentalist who wants to protect the woodlands on his property so he can continue to hunt foxes. And that's extremely conservative. King Charles is the kind of environmentalist who believes we need to protect the world, so that the natural world, so that we can continue to enjoy it because it's beautiful and old and traditional. He's the kind of environmentalist who likes the environment because he opposes rampant liberal capitalism and industrialization. That's very conservative. That's very, very traditional. The British crown is is one of the few remaining even quasi-conservative institutions in the world. And so anyway, that's my long rant and diatribe to uh, pray for King Charles. Because even though we, we Americans... We think we don't, you know, who cares about the British crown? Even plenty of people in the UK say, oh, whatever, get rid of the the crown. You will miss that institution if it ever goes away. You will miss it because there will be a lot of dignity that will disappear. There will be be unlearned knowledge that just kind of gets passed down through, through the generations as a matter of heredity. It will disappear, and you will miss it when it's gone. Now, speaking of mortality, you ought to check out Trust and Will. Right now, go to trustandwill.com slash Knowles. From maintaining control of your assets to easing the burden on your loved ones to taking care of your kids, an estate plan can ensure that your family is prepared and protected. I have had a will since I was 18 years old, and it gives me great peace of mind. That was even when I was just a single guy. I wasn't married with kids. When you're married and you have kids, you need to have a will. You need to set up your estate to offer financial benefits and more, you got to check out Trust and Will. Traditional estate planning can cost thousands of dollars. Many one-size-fits-all solutions may not capture all the important details of the life you've built. With Trust and Will, it is super duper easy. You can protect the legacy of your family from the comfort of your own home. And it starts at just 159 bucks, which is incredibly inexpensive and super duper simple. Protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Secure those assets, get 10% off plus free shipping on all of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. That is 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash Knowles. My favorite comment yesterday comes from the Drummer's Workshop, Norm's Music, who says, I have a feeling that that Bronx judge attended a lot more parties than Brett Kavanaugh. Very true. The libs went after Justice Kavanaugh during his confirmation hearings because when he was 16, he went to a beer party or something in high school. 
Meanwhile, you got that Bronx family judge who's on the threesome app trying to pick up the lady whose case she's adjudicating. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever the libs accuse us of, it seems that they're guilty of it 10 times over. Now, speaking of leaders and heads of state, President Trump is reportedly considering two people in particular to be his vice president. He made these comments. He has been a little tight-lipped about who he's considering, but he said he's considering on the short list Tim Scott, senator from South Carolina, and Christy Nome, governor of South Dakota. And I like Tim Scott very much. I don't know Christy Nome, but she, she was a fine governor. She made a few errors, but all in all, she, she was better than average for sure. The idea here, I think, would be that these people would balance the ticket. Trump is white. Tim Scott is black. Trump is a dude. Christy Nome is a woman. Trump comes from the right wing of the Republican Party. It's a little complicated, but basically he comes from the right wing of the party, the Reagan side of the party, the Goldwater side of the party, and Scott and Nome come from the more liberal side, the more Bush side of the party, the more whatever. That's a little unfair to Nome. She was a little more rock-ribbed, but still, broadly speaking, a little more amenable to the corporate chamber of commerce interest of the Republican Party. Okay, fine. Fine, I guess. I don't know, though, because Trump is, he's a youthful man in his gait, but he, chronologically, he's a little long in the tooth. So a, a vice president matters more for a Republican who's 70 or 80 than it would for a Republican who's 40 or 50. And though I like Tim Scott a lot and Christy Noem seems fine, I would feel more comfortable with a more conservative vice president. So if President Trump wants to balance out the ticket, either with a racial minority or with a woman, to me, there's a very clear answer. The, the clear person who should be the vice president for Trump, if that's what he's going for, is Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee, my own senator here. The, the reason being, she's a rock-ribbed conservative, but she's very clubbable. She's amenable to a broad array of people. She's not scary. She's not stupid. She's obviously a very bright woman. She's very dignified. She comports herself with a great class. And she's a conservative. Now, you might say, well, Michael, Trump's already going to win Tennessee. Yeah, sure. He's also going to win South Carolina and South Dakota. He doesn't need any help to win those states. So it's not as, I'm, I'm skeptical that a vice president ever totally can bring a state over, but in as much as a, a VP can, they're not going to do it. So if that's already baked in and you want someone to balance the ticket, why wouldn't you go for the very conservative, very loyal to Trump choice of Marsha Blackburn? I think she would be a great option. Now, there are other options. If he doesn't care to have a woman or he doesn't care to have a racial minority, J.D. Vance in Ohio, I think, could be a very good choice. There are a number of other people. I'm not limiting. I'm just saying, given what we know about Trump's calculations from his own statements on who he's considering, though I like Tim Scott a lot and Christy Noem seems just fine, if it were me, if President Trump were to call me tomorrow and said, Michael, what do you think, buddy? What's your choice? It seems to me that the way Trump is thinking, Marsha Blackburn would be a perfect choice. Now, speaking of Republican politicians, there is a great new bill being put forward by a House Republican that every House Republican should get behind. The, the Republicans in the House, they're doing a good job right now. They're killing that dumb immigration bill, and now they are proposing the FACE Act repeal. This is coming by way of Congressman Chip Roy, and I think it's absolutely great, and every Republican 
should back Chip Roy's plan. The FACE Act was a law signed by Bill Clinton in 1994. It's the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. It was a, it was a way to protect abortion clinics from criticism. Because in the 90s, the libs claimed that the poor, the poor beleaguered abortionists, the poor baby murderers were being threatened too much. And so we, we had to figure out a way to stop people from threatening them. But it wasn't really just about threats. The, the FACE Act very quickly became weaponized to stop conservatives from peaceful protests, peaceful demonstrations. You're seeing pro-lifers being prosecuted and sent to prison for more than a decade for this sort of thing right now. And it was controversial at the time, so the liberals gave the conservatives a bone, and they said, okay, well, in the FACE Act, we'll also stop people from intimidating uh, uh, churchgoers. We'll stop people from vandalizing churches. Joe Biden has not prosecuted one of these cases, a FACE Act case against someone attacking a church. That just doesn't happen. It was bogus. It was, it was a, a total distraction. This act is about the Protecting Baby Murderers from Criticism Act. That's what you could call it. And so Chip Roy, very wisely and very courageously, just came out and said, let's repeal this stupid thing. And I absolutely think it's a great idea. And and I rarely get on my soapbox on this show and say, call your congressman. But when it comes to the FACE Act repeal, call your congressman. Tag your congressman. If you're watching this on YouTube, tag your congressman on YouTube. If you're watching this on Twitter, tag, or on X, tag your congressman. If you're watching this on Daily Wire Plus, send this link around. This is a great bill. Every Republican should get behind this. And it, it's it's an urgent matter because people are being prosecuted under this stupid law, this FACE Act, right now. And good people are going to prison for having the courage to stand up for the most defenseless among us. Call your congressman. Now, speaking of women's issues, there is breaking news. This is real tabloid stuff. Ghislaine Maxwell, the paramour and business partner of Jeffrey Epstein, is apparently going to write a tell-all book about her experience with Jeffrey and on the island. Here is the talk TV exclusive from Ghislaine Maxwell in prison. No, he didn't. I don't believe he did. I believe that he was uh, murdered. Well, shocked. And I wondered how it had happened. So she goes, it's not, not a very long clip, actually. Uh, she, she's asked, do you think Jeffrey Epstein killed himself? He, she says, no, Epstein didn't kill himself. I think he was murdered. I don't know how it happened, uh, but I'm going to tell my story. The rest of the, the reason I didn't play the rest of the clip is, is it's her complaining about prison food. You know, it's her complaining about the way that she's been treated in prison. It's just, it's nothing. And it's a, it's a sign that you're not going to get anything out of this book. Uh, look, if it comes out, I, I guess I'll probably read it or I'll skim it at least. You're not learning anything about Epstein. Every time there's a drip. Ah, uh, new information. We're about to unseal the client list right before Christmas. I, I made my predictions for 2024. I said, you're not going to learn anything new about Epstein, really. Nothing substantively new. And then 24 hours later, breaking news, we're going to unseal the Epstein client list. I thought, oh, maybe I'm wrong. No, I'm not wrong. You know what it's going to be? We're going to find out the same stuff we already knew. Oh, Bill Clinton flew on the airplane. Okay. Alan Dershowitz was, was Epstein's lawyer. Yeah, we knew that. Epstein was a member of Mar-a-Lago. Uh-huh. Sure. What, what new information are we going to get? Nothing. And do you know why? Because Alex Acosta, the U.S. attorney who prosecuted Jeffrey Epstein, said that 
he heard from higher-ups that Jeffrey Epstein belongs to intelligence. And we know that his, Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, father was connected to Israeli intelligence and British intelligence and maybe Russian intelligence. And we know that Jeffrey Epstein apparently had some relationship with American intelligence. And they're not going to let us find out anything. <laughs> so we can keep seeing the headlines. Oh, big tell-all, here we go. Yeah, okay. We will learn the, the truth about Jeffrey Epstein only when the intelligence agencies want us to know about it. And I would not hold my breath for that. The rest of the show continues. Now, you don't want to miss it. Become a member. Use code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. 